pops on, singing to that always song. Got a little nice smile, but it kind of drives you wild. Nothing like playing with fire, it brings boy to life. You wear the fuse, you like it, you're your dynamite. Following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, fourteen minutes and twenty seconds, where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. Fourteen twenty in the morning for this June the 15th, 2023. Today's show is brought to you by Caldera Labs and calderalab.com. Use promo code 1420LAB at calderalab.com and keep your face, uh, keep that youthful exuberance in your face all summer long. Remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to bellyupsports.com to read all of the great uh, great articles and listen to more great podcasts, such as the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast with friend of the show, Aaron Riley, who joins us today on 1420 in the morning to talk a little bit of baseball. How are you doing today, Aaron? Uh, I can't complain, especially, I mean, we're talking baseball. I, I can never, can never complain, and, and I'm glad to be here. No, that's good. We'll uh, we'll start with the Philadelphia Phillies right in your area, and then we'll move on to your uh, your your team uh, since you're youth. Uh, well, not that you're old now, but uh, about the Baltimore Orioles. We'll start with the Phillies, though. They sit at third, thirty-four and thirty-four as we were recording this episode here, uh, playing pretty good baseball, eight and two in their last ten. Is this where the uh, Phillies thought they would be right now, sitting at five hundred when the season first started? Yeah, I, I can't say that's that's where they thought they would sit. I mean, obviously. Bringing in Dave Dombrowski, who, who's had success with the Red Sox, had some success with the Tigers back, you know, way back. Um, obviously, the, this payroll has expanded. I think they're the, the fourth highest uh, payroll in baseball, third or fourth, uh, something like that. So, I mean, I, I, you can't you can't exactly be happy as a Phillies fan, such as myself. I mean, I got I got two teams, whatever, uh, at me or whatever. But uh, it's it's one of those deals where. Um, I, I just think they – I mean, getting Trey Turner, obviously, Schwarber, Castellanos last year, uh, the pitch – the I just think overall the team has underperformed now. You mentioned, obviously, they're 8-2 and two in the last 10. I think they are starting to turn that corner. I, I still see them as a wild-card playoff team. Um, just they need to stay consistent. Their, their fifth starting uh, pitcher, uh, basically, it's like if you go on, on any site, it's, uh, it's an empty space. Like, they don't even have a listed – fifth pitcher but it's it's really dylan covey who's awful um he's just every time he goes out there he gets shelled so that's a problem their bullpen has been decent uh but it's just if they don't hit they don't or if they hit then they don't pitch or if they don't pitch they don't hit it's it's just been inconsistent but as of late it, they have turned the corner a little bit 
you talk about the bullpen, especially the back end of the of a bullpen. It's it's important to every every championship team, no matter what you do. And when you to me, when you got a guy by the name of old Craig Dangley, Arm Kimbrell in the back end there to finish things off, it's not really a recipe for success. And you think with the, the money that you spend, you go out and find a guy that's maybe not on the uh, the tail end of his career as they did with uh, Craig Kimbrell this year with a two year deal. I think they gave him. Yeah, and they 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 gave him some serious money. I I didn't really love that move either. Um, he's an old, so obviously picking up some veterans isn't always a bad thing. But pitching is a little bit. I mean, you're seeing it with the Mets, obviously, with with Scherzer and Degrom both at, at about 40 years old there, or Scherzer and Verlander. Degrom's a whole other injury story, but uh, uh yeah, I mean Kimbrel, I I would say he's past his prime for sure. Like. I, I know you you've talked about him at length in the, in your show about the Phillies a couple you know a week or so ago. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't fully trust that guy either. I mean he he had some really really good years, especially with the Braves, but I, I don't know if he's I wouldn't say he's a shell of himself, but he's probably three quarters of what he used to be. So. You look at that Ameri- or that National League East, which was supposed to be one of the better divisions in baseball, and it turns out it hasn't been thus far with the Mets floundering, as you said. The, the Braves are running away with it, basically. But you have a team, the Miami Marlins, who are kind of doing the same thing as your uh, as your Baltimore Orioles are doing in the American League or the National or the American League West. Fucking six divisions. Tough for me to keep <laughs> track of. I can't count to six this early in the morning. But you, uh, you a team like the Phillies should have should have been contending uh, maybe for the division because the Mets stumble the nationals are, are who they're we knew they were going to be awful uh is this something that the phillies just got off to a rough start and just couldn't recuperate yeah i, I will say this i mean obviously they they get rid of girardi last season around this time and they took off um that current manager they have rob thompson i know he's a he's a veteran of the game i think he was a part of the yankees coaching staff at one point for a long time yeah um he has i mean and they say he's different behind closed doors. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Obviously, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not connected like that. But man, that guy has no soul when he's talking to the media. And and I don't know if that's contagious, but if you watch the Phillies, you watch the Mets, uh, there's just certain teams out there that that kind of lack focus in the, especially in the field. Like you'll just see them, they'll be throwing the ball around. I mean, it, a, a ball go to, over uh a ball go under Brandon Marsh's glove, for example. Like it's just I watch a lot of Phillies. I watch a lot of Orioles, just those two teams in particular, but I, I try and watch a lot of baseball in general. And there's a lot of teams that don't look like that. So I often think, does that reflect the manager being too loose? And then maybe like Brandon Hyde on the Orioles, if, if somebody lets a ball go under the glove, he's like, hey, your ass is on the bench. Now you're talking to these guys that, I mean, Harper's making 30 million, Trey Turner, 30 million, Schwarber upwards of 20 something, Castillo. Like they're all just, they, they almost, it's kind of like the the uh, the prisoners are running the asylum to a certain degree, I would say, because these guys are. It's going to be hard to to tell, you know, Nick Castellanos, hey man, go sit on the bench, you're, but you're making twenty five million. Like we're going to utilize that guy for everything he's got. Maybe that's a problem. I don't know. I, I can see that being a problem. Like you, you even go to uh, even you go to like American Legion or high school baseball or high school hockey or whatever. A, a team will uh, take. That's a good point, Aaron. That a team will basically take the. Uh, the lead of their coach or their manager or whatever it might be. And if they're a little too lax, a little too 
through this and not regimented sometimes like you don't want to go the other side where we're all a bunch of assholes because then you got a team a team of assholes right but like if you have a, a, a lax manager who lets the guys play and everything else like you said the inmates running the asylum as harper probably could because he's been uh, the golden boy since he was uh, 14 years old i guess and uh it's one of those things and he hasn't really I mean, he's got an MVP, but he hasn't really produced any championship caliber seasons in his career. Uh, and you get a guy like Thompson who does seem a little bit lax and a little, not, not a, you don't want to go to the other side of the thing where Girardi was a, uh, a, a drill master, I guess. There's got to be a happy medium in between there somewhere. And Robbie Thompson, maybe, or Rob Thompson, maybe there's a reason why he never got a manager job in the, in the first place. And maybe he only got that job last year because it was a last ditch effort. He was already there. So let's just give him the job. And now they're, they're, they're kind of, for lack of a better term, they might be stuck with the guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I think obviously people were even calling for his head a couple of weeks ago um, to be fired and everything else. And and like there's always that, well, you know, that 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 World Series hangover as far as like, well, he got us there. We can't get rid of him. But hey, I mean, if, if you put a roster together such as the Phillies, so much money is spent and they're not producing like somebody's going to have to pay the price. Now, like we said, I mean, they, they turned the corner. They seem to be. I mean, they just took two out of three from a really good Diamondbacks team, which I'm, I'm crazy. I'm even saying that, but um, yeah, it, it's he just doesn't. I don't know. It's like watching paint dry when you see that guy. I mean, and and you know the Belichicks of the world are like that too. And then the, he goes and, and and rips people a new asshole every every practice. But I, I just I'm not sold on uh, quote unquote Philly Rob as they call him. I I, I just he's not. He doesn't seem like that that type of guy where it's like, man, the players fear that. I don't think anybody in that clubhouse, I think Harper, they probably fear Harper more than they fear um, Rob Thompson. Well, that's the thing. Like, like, what more motivation do these guys need? Because they're they're all, like you said, they're all making money a lot, a lot. They've got a lot of guys making a lot of money on that ball club. Like, it's, it's crazy. To, the motivation has to be there from an external force. And like you said, Thompson isn't really the guy. Uh, Trey Turner's been a an absolute like we thought that this contract was going to be a bit of a wreck near the end of it. it's 11 year deal 300 plus million sheets um can he turn it around he's been playing better as of late but uh you give a guy 30 million bucks his first uh you, you at least expect one or two years of the, at the beginning of the contract to be well worth it but is it just a matter of that the wallet got a little bit heavy now he can call and or is it just a thing that you know what uh, your that wallet gets behind you and everything else, and you get, it gets between your ears. Like, man, I'm making this much money. I got to be better. And you start thinking too much. Yeah, I think, I mean, he's played, obviously, the Nationals, the Dodgers. Um, I don't think those fan bases will quite be as noisy if you're playing bad as as Philadelphia, obviously. Philadelphia is like, what have you done for me lately? And and by lately, it's like, what did you do yesterday because i mean if you afternoon yeah yeah like if, if you're if you're slumping it's uh they're gonna let you hear it i mean they let harper hear it for the first couple of weeks when he wasn't performing i i think i mean he's starting to like you know you alluded to it he's starting to turn it around a little bit i mean he's hitting but he's hitting 250 i mean that's not this guy's a lifetime 300 hitter um he has to get on base more just in general i mean his speed is is a whole threat within itself that's a whole game within itself it, it's I think to answer your question is I, I think it's a little bit too noisy in Philly for him right now. I think he's starting to to find his way as, as a lot of these guys are, but, but Castellanos really didn't have a great season last year. And now he's, I mean, he's hitting like a 315, uh, you know, coming in or something like, you know, well above 300. So 
I mean, maybe it takes a full season, which obviously the fans don't want that and, and no one wants to hear that. But um, maybe I, I think he still he ends the season probably around 270, in my in my opinion. I, I don't think it's a fully lost season. I, I think it'll be better than Castellanos first year. But I expect him to make that jump next year. Like Castellanos says, for whatever reason, it's it maybe it's the money and, and maybe it's the just the new environment and the fans. Lousy kind of excuse because if you can hit a ball, you, you should be able to hit a ball. But there's a human uh, aspect to this too, I guess. Well, that's just it that I I find odd because I, I've never been to Philly and I don't I don't profess to be a Philly fan, whether it be the Eagles, the the Flyers, the the the, the Phillies, or whatever it might be, uh, or the Seventy Sixers. Of course, I'm not a basketball fan. I care less than <laughs> any of those teams. But um, like, it's not a surprise that Philly fans are tough. You would think before you go there, you would have that conversation with somebody who's who's in the organization because you're going to get paid no matter what, whether you get twenty eight million a year or thirty million a year. I think you're going to be okay. Like. It'll be it'll be fine. You'll you'll figure that out. But you would think that before you get you sign that contract, and this goes with it with every with every big contract that gets signed. You go, okay, do I want to go here? Uh, the fan base is a little bit uh, difficult. They they expect a champion. So like when you, these guys sign these contracts, there's got to be something, some conversations that are had internally and externally with these players that go, maybe this won't be for me. Like like I can play in certain places and and, and live in anonymity. Hit. 280 get paid maybe win something maybe not win win something because a lot of like you got to think um this isn't even a thought this is a fact a, a lot of people don't win championships and so getting paid i think like yes you want to win as a competitor but big picture if somebody wanted to pay me 30 million bucks a year and i we i never win a championship i think between my ears i would be okay yeah, no i i think i think like you want to win Aaron but like if you, you don't well fuck whatever yeah i mean I guess it depends where you're at in your stage of your career too. And, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Turner got one with the nationals. I don't think he was out of there yet. Um, I could, I could be wrong on that though. I can't say I'm a he probably does. Didn't he get that 41 with the Dodgers as well? He, at least, I think he has one. Let, let's, one let's in there somewhere. Yeah. One way or another. I mean, he went from a, obviously a nationals team that peaked, maybe he left before, but, and then gets to the Dodgers and, and, Probably, I think he was on that World Series team. Regardless, he's he's been on teams that have, have knocked on the door, or been close. I think, um, you know, obviously he has a he has a good friendship with Harper. I, maybe that played into it. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. Obviously, um, but but you you bring it up a good point. I, I think Manny Machado, <laughs> our guy Mike Trout. I, I think those guys, like I, I think if Machado never wins a World Series, he won't be losing an, even a minute of sleep I, I just there's guys out there that I think that do want it and I think maybe you know there were enough eggs in the basket for Turner to come to Philly maybe it was the, just the money maybe he maybe he got 25 million offered by other teams I'm surprised honestly I know you guys have uh, Volpe you know in the shortstop position but I, I'm shocked that the Yankees didn't go balls to the wall on, on Trey Turner though because he is when he's on he's he's special obviously and but I, I think you know, here getting long winded again. I, I think, I, I think, uh, you know, them sitting down and saying, "Hey, you know, they should play a montage of, of clips of people getting booed, like Phillies players getting booed by their by Philadelphia fans," because it doesn't prepare you for. I mean, that city is is brutal. I've been to been to plenty of Phillies games, and and uh, just the the things that are uttered by, and, and I'm sure it is the same way in Yankee Stadium that those are or two fan bases like that, but nothing, I don't think anything prepares you for that until you're actually in that uniform and, and you're gripping that bat tight. Like 
man, these, these motherfuckers are, are a little bit different, you know? Well, that, that's just the thing. Is it, is it, it's turn, you don't lose your skill. You lose that space between the ears. I talk about it a lot with athletes on, on this stupid show that I do on a daily basis here at 1420 in the morning with uh, Aaron Riley from Bruliana Sports. Like, I talk about it a lot. Like, you, you don't lose your skill. You lose that six to eight inch between your ears, depending on your hat size. And uh, you start gripping a little bit. It's, and with baseball, uh, when you start gripping a little bit, it, it can be a very tough game to play because it, you, you, you fail seven out of ten times to go to the Hall of Fame. You fail eight out of ten times, you don't play. It's it's that simple. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. It's it's a game where, and they were talking about this on the Michael K show yesterday. That is booing is booing in baseball actually counterproductive to the success of the team. Like it might be because, like if uh, if a pitcher has the heebie-jeebies and he's all over the place, and you start booing him, that's not going to help. If if Trey Turner's up there hitting two forty and you're booing him. Everybody, I mean, there's people that can block it out better than others. Don't get me wrong. If I was a baseball player getting booed, I, I don't, I don't know if I'd, uh, my underwear would be dry by the end of the game because I, I'd just be trying so hard, I'd just probably shit myself. 100%. But it, it, it's maybe it is counterproductive for some. I mean, there's these guys like Joey Gallo. I think New York was too much for him. There's, there's guys that like don't, they don't. Maybe Lindor on the Mets. He, he hasn't been the same since he's gotten there. So it's, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe some of these places you gotta either you have it or you don't mentally, and and it's and it's very very hard to to you know change that I think. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like nowadays, like these these guys that they they when they're like the guys who are in their getting into their prime now, they played on these travel teams as kids, and they played they've been put on this 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 this, uh, this pedestal for such a long time. And this is the first time in their lives they've actually been ever shown any. Uh, any kind of pushback in their lives and when when you get booed when all you've been told since the age of five or six was how great you are and then all of a sudden you have 40,000 or 30,000 people disagreeing with what your mommy had to say uh it, it can be a great big change between between the years for these guys because they a lot of these guys like like we talked about with, uh, before when you've been on the show is that these guys don't really face adversity at all and when somebody says you're not as good as as uh, as you've been told you are. That can be a big kick in the pills for these guys, like you said. It's something else. Uh, you look at this lineup though, with uh, Harper and Turner and Schwarber, Castellanos, Real Muto. Um, that's a pretty stacked lineup. When you got four, five, six guys that should be hitting. Uh, better than they are will they eventually catch up to the uh, stats in the back of their baseball card and do something and maybe make the playoffs and, and uh, do some damage like they did last year because like you said they were pretty much right here when they fired Girardi last year and brought in Rob Thompson is it with that lineup is there is there any way this team can't find a way I think there is ways that they like can't I, I think they will um, I just think it's too much talent it's just I mean it's absurd if you think about like when I grew up with the Phillies, there were a couple guys. Like there was, like Chase Utley. You had Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard, and then and then there was a bunch of you know decent guys. guys. Yeah, but this is this is like that's what's kind of weird about this Phillies team is like they grab this guy from this team, they grab this guy from the. It's just it's a Dave Dombrowski like definitely a, a project because you know he did the same thing with Detroit. He did. He's not a big. Uh, farm system guy uh, he's go out and get as much talent as possible and and load the roster and try and make it and score as many runs as possible which they're starting to do that um, I think Schwar it's so weird like Schwarber sucked until June 1st and then uh, this is every single season it's almost like you should tell that guy can you just go away until June 1st year after year 
just go and eat or whatever it is you do and just eat some more or whatever. And then June one show up because he was, he was a big bit of a detriment to, to this, this club for the first two months of the season. Yeah. It's, it's, and I get it. Like they're going to put him in there. They're paying him. Uh, he gets, you know, gets more at bats, gets to see the ball more, but like, he really doesn't, cl- I mean, he's still, I think under 200 or right at two, he's not going to hit for a good average. Um, his, his batter's eye seems to get better. I've been watching them a lot lately and, he seems to walk a good bit, which is surprising for a guy like that. But man, just watching him, like it, it, it's almost like his his mechanics don't look good. He looks awful in the outfield. He doesn't look like an, an athlete by any means. Um, he looks like somebody would be at a dive bar, you know, every single night. But that guy just somehow, some way, he gets his hands around that ball, and that thing just—I mean, he has so much power. It's 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 insane. Like you would never think, looking at that guy, he doesn't. But um, this this roster, I mean, this lineup is really good. Obviously, missing Hoskins with the torn ACL, I think that's not like a a huge loss, but it is it is substantial. I'd say it like that, like that's that's a hole where like you you guaranteed yourself like twenty to twenty five to thirty home runs with with him in there, and you know being out all year, it's you don't have that. But yeah, there there's really no excuse. It's the I think it's the pitching that's going to be you know the biggest issue if if they don't go all the way. Nolan Wheeler, Wheeler got to be the guys. When you got two top of the end guys like that, they got to be the guys night in, night out, and not pitch to a four five ERA. I know ERA for some reason wins and losses don't matter to the analytics guys anymore, but it's just they they got to eat more innings, and, and that's the one thing that I've noticed. They they've got they, they they've really got to start eating more innings because you the more we, I think I, we we talked about this the, the more uh, people you get involved in a baseball game, there's a bigger chance they're going to screw things up because that's what human beings generally do. When you get more people involved in something, it never goes very well. I uh, switched. Uh, things a little bit you talked about Dombrowski how he does just likes to add talent and not build through the farm system your Baltimore Orioles that's all they do is build through the farm system they are playing uh something something else right now they probably probably be in first place in the American League East without that start by the Tampa Bay Rays a 13 and old to start the season whatever it was um is this the biggest surprise in baseball I have to say yes um I know you had somebody on from Belly Up. I, I can't remember exactly who, and and he alluded to the the Rangers. I think the Rangers, ex, I wouldn't say they expected to be this good, but they had higher hopes. I would say coming into this season. I mean, they spent some dough, and they wanted to be there, right? Right. Like their their rotation has a ton of money wrapped up in it. Um, you know, obviously they get Simeon and and, and Seager a, a year or so ago. Like I, I, it's kind of amazing to see where this Orioles team has has come from, and and now where they are. Um, it, I am still a, pe- uh, a pessimist, so I, I still worry about the bullpen and I still worry about the rotation at times with this team. I, I don't know if I fully have trust in it's a lot of young guys. It's a lot of unknowns, a lot of question marks still, but I can't obviously can't complain second in the AL East. Um, Gunnar Henderson is, is on a tear. I mean, that guy, there were fans um, calling for him to get sent down about a month ago. Cause he was, you know, he's like one for 20 something at one point and and things. But you got to let these kids develop. I mean, not everybody's going to light the, the world on fire. Um, but I, I really do believe that that Rutschman coming up and, and just he's such a it seems like he's such a positive influence on the pitching staff and, and just a positive guy. Overall, it's it's not all the time that you find somebody like that and somebody that's so young and, and mature and excelling at the, at the major league level. I mean, he, he should be an all star. He's. He's leading catchers in all-star voting right now in the AL. So it's, it's, 
I, I'm not going to say it's all him, but it, they, I think he plays a bigger part than most people see. Yeah, it's funny how a, a kid, like I call him a kid, he drafted in 2019 out of Oregon, I think it was, and he, and he came and he'd come up and he, you, you have a guy, usually catchers have to develop a little bit more and they got to learn the game a little bit and they got to deal with pitchers, they got to deal with pitchers because pitchers can be prima donnas and everything else and, and calling games and doing what he's doing. He's been uh, nothing short of fantastic for for that Orioles team. Like, funny that you brought him up. I mean, of course you are. There, There's, like, he's just been so good and you have to build from the back, from, from there out, up the middle, and, and they seem to be doing that in Baltimore seem to be doing things the right way yeah it's uh i can't say they have a a history of doing things the right way there's been long stretches where they don't seem like they care much about anything um but you know with this young talent that they do have um there's still some kids that need to come up um and, and i think they're they might be a little bit long-winded and and how they bring these guys up but i can't argue with the success that that obviously rutchman's having um, I mean, there's been a ton of, ton of these guys are, are products of the, of the farm system. I mean, Austin Hayes, Brian Mountcastle, like most of these guys are, it, it's a total flip flop from the, from the Phillies team. We were talking about this team is, is built from the farm, from the draft. And, and obviously the Phillies have, have gone out and spent the money. So it's, it's definitely interesting. I mean, to, it's crazy. They have a, a better record than the Phillies do in a, in a much harder division, which is, it's hard to do. I'm not going to lie. So, I mean, more power to them right now. I, I just I worry we're gonna hit one of these like you know six seven game losing streaks out of nowhere, which I, I just I, I wouldn't be shocked. Like I said, it's just I fear how this team's gonna respond because they are a bunch of young young bucks. I guess you could say other than uh, Kyle Gibson's like a, a grandpa on this team, but um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I I just want to see him make the playoffs. Like I, I always tell you. You, uh, it's it's funny you say that. Like you, you, you expect it to happen with the with the Orioles, and you hope it's not. I know it's going to happen with the Yankees. I know they're going to go through a stretch where they're not going to be very good and everything else. And I just don't have much faith in that Yankee. We'll we'll have you on maybe in a week or so. We'll talk about that again about the Yankee season to date. But uh, speaking of the Yankees, you guys got my main man, Aaron Hicks. Hicks to the rescue. What's he? And he hasn't been bad at all. Actually, was was it just a change of scenery for this guy? Because like he's like we were talking earlier with the Phillies and guys getting booed Hicks was getting booed relentlessly he wasn't even in the lineup some nights he just come out to get a piece of gum and they were booing him in the Bronx uh, things weren't going well for Hicks has Hicks been a pretty good addition for the Baltimore Orioles and uh, look a, a bit of a um, he's an old, not an old player but an older player to maybe bring bring some uh some some maturity to this uh young Baltimore team yeah it seems like obviously when when things are going well uh with an organization like it's just a domino effect. Like obviously you, you mentioned how the Orioles have, have had a lot of success with the, the farm system and, and quote unquote, the, the number one farm system in baseball and things. It just seems like they, they threw a line out on the, on the boat. They picked They said, all right, we'll take Aaron Hicks. Boom. Picked him up. And it's just like, he's lighting the world on fire. I mean, he coming into yesterday, he was hitting like 360 uh, with the Orioles, which <laughs> is absurd. I, I, uh, I have a, a good amount of close friends that are Yankees fans. And I always been, I always used to be like, Oh my God, that guy sucks. Like, why do you, you're the Yankees. Why are you putting up with this guy? Like he doesn't, he can't hit shit and this and that and giving him a hard time. Cause you know, I, I expect everybody on the Yankees to hit 300, but it, it's like, man, like he, it's a different person watching him in, with the Orioles. I, I think that that market was too big for him. That, that stage was too big. I mean, he's coming from the twins. Obviously that's not a, not a, a huge market like the New York, the Yankees and everything else. And I, I think he just got burned out, burned out 
up there. And, and yeah, I mean, he's, he's really filling in for Mullins uh, until he comes back. But I mean, like if he continues to hit like this, you gotta, you gotta kind of find a spot for him somewhere. And, and I mean, he, he's playing good defensively. I can't complain. It's they're paying him to basically play for us. So I'll, I'll take it in oh, any day of the week. It's, it's crazy. I, I never thought – I thought he'd come in and – I was you know, surprised you don't have an Aaron Hicks jersey, to be honest with you. I was quite shocked right? when you came on the air today. I, you didn't have a Hicks jersey going. I was definitely <laughs> a hater of uh, – I was a big-time hater of Aaron Hicks on the Yankees because I was just like, man, this seems like a good guy uh, from what everybody says. But, yeah, he's, yeah. he's still – he's sitting at 351 on the, on, the, on the O's. He was hitting 188 on the Yankees. It's just – you can't make that type of stuff up, but he'll probably come back to earth eventually. But if, I mean, if he hits 260, I'd be, they, we got him for nothing. So I, I was at uh, Yankee Stadium on uh, July 1st, ESPN game on a Sunday night against the Red Sox, July 1st, 2018. Hicks hit three home runs. I thought this guy's going to the Hall of Fame. I think that's the last time he got a fucking hit, I think. And that's a long time ago. But, yeah, uh, Hicks, yeah, he just needed to change the scenery. I think one of those things, when, once it's between your ears and you can't get out of your own way there, like once it happens there. Uh, back into the bullpen, this guy has been unbelievable. Felix Bautista, what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, the mountain, the mountain as they call him. Yeah, he he's um, – he was like an international, uh, like a Dominican Republic. Um, he was scouted and things like that. And I guess they just kind of found him out of nowhere. Um, he didn't have the best control when he first came up. But, man, if he can just get the ball near the strike zone, he's he's pretty hard to hit. I know he blew a game against the Yankees, uh, you know, a while back there. But and nobody's perfect, obviously. But I do remember that game in particular for some reason. And you guys went on and, and won that in extra innings and everything else. But – yeah, he he's. I mean, that splitter is is devastating, and and that fastball upwards is like 102. <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, he's been good. Uh, I can never say his name right. It's like Yanir Cano. He them two together is. I mean, it's it's usually lights out. I mean, Cano's been a little bit off as of late, but I still think his ERA is under two. So I'm kind of nitpicking, but these guys are are can go on stretches where they don't even allow hits and things like that, base runners for that matter. So. As long as he can con- control his pitches, he, he's he's pretty much automatic. No, that, and that's that, that's got to be a calming influence a little bit when you can go out and score maybe three, maybe four runs, and, and say, okay, we can win this ball game today because we have to just just, just get to the seventh. If, if we can get to the seventh inning, we're we're we're, we're in good shape. We do, and then it can uh, put a little bit of a uh, you don't like I said, you don't got to get a lot of arms involved and a lot of hands involved because, like I said, they uh, you get more hands involved, it's going to get fucked up somehow, and it usually does. Uh, the Orioles are not known for um, spending money, to say the least, and not known for going going out and getting guys. But now they got a team right now. They're they're going to make the playoffs. They got to go five hundred, and they're in from th- from this point on. Uh, go out and get an arm. Go out and get a bat. I, I wouldn't too worry too much about bats at the trade deadline. But at the deadline, do you go out and get another arm and get get a starting pitcher? Because right now you just never know what could happen. Wild card teams have won the World Series in the past. Uh, the American League is wide open. I think I don't think like the Tampa. I don't expect them to to keep this up forever. It's just the way things go. And they Tampa Tampa will Tampa. They they always submit the uh, people always kind of stroke the Tampa Bay Rays off, but they've never won anything. Yeah, they get there. Uh, could this Baltimore Oriole team go out and, and the, the GM go to ownership and say, hey, can we add an arm or two here? Yeah, you might have to put them in a reverse chokehold to, to get them to, to spend any money. But, uh, yeah, I think they should. I think they 
they need to. I mean, they they're overachieving. I think still with this roster that they do have, I think they overachieved last year, and, and obviously they missed the playoffs last year. But um, they're progressively getting better, and I know their owner looks at it like, uh, I mean, he made some comments in the offseason that is just insanely bad, uh, just just awful about how the concerts mean more and, and things like that. And they want to build a, a complex similar to the Braves where it's an entertainment space and, and this and that. But regardless of that, I, I think um, I think the GM's doing what he can with what he has, you know, at his disposal. I, I do think they need to add a starting pitcher, maybe from a like a White Sox team. Um, you know, the, the name Dylan Cease comes up a lot. It, it's just like that team's probably going to sell. They're not very good at all. They're they're actually awful. But, um, yeah, I, I think they need to get a, a, a starting pitcher and, a, and a, really a bullpen arm would be helpful as well. But because you can like you said, you can never have too many guys. And and Grayson Rodriguez uh, looked good at times, but they had to send him back to AAA to, to kind of figure it out. So that's a starting pitcher they've already kind of lost, per se. A guy I would look at that's up for free agency and is, well, he's, he's up for a renewal, I guess, or he can opt out of however the, the, the verbiage is. It's Marcus Stroman with the Cubs. I'm not a big Stroman guy. I think he's a, he's a candidate for nozzle of the month every every month of the year, No, even, even if it's not baseball season. But he's having himself a great year. He's not going to re-sign or re-up with the Cubs, I wouldn't think. He's going to get a hell of a payday. He'll, somebody will overpay for him guaranteed in the offseason. Uh could you see him going and say, mate, if the Cubs take on half his salary or whatever it might be, saying, okay, like we'll trade a couple prospects because uh, the, the the Cubs are prospect huggers all of a sudden. They got their one World Series, so they're good for another 80, 90 years. Um, do you see, see something like, would, would a Stroman be a good fit? Because the guy can pitch. If you get 10 starts out of the guy and whatever you get in the playoffs, it wouldn't hurt. No, I, I, I'd aggressively go after I mean, even on the Mets, I uh, – Maybe as as a off the field and, and as a person type deal, I'm not a big fan of him either. But that guy can definitely pitch. He, I've seen him throw you know two three hitters multiple times. He'll go complete game for you, uh, you know three four times a year. Like he's he's really underrated. I don't think he's talked about really at all. And he's when he's because he does he, enough talking about himself for everybody else. I think is the problem there. Aaron. <laughs> well, that guy's a dickhead. <laughs> that's my that's my thoughts anyways but yeah yeah no i would i would gladly uh that that's a great that's a great name you bring up though because he most of the time he is on like he's pretty consistent he was consistent on that on that mets team that scored like no runs for him last year so yeah i i'd be more than happy with him i i'd like a guy with a couple of years of team control uh personally just because i don't i don't like these rental type deals especially for a team that like the O's where you give up two prospects. It's like, well, all right, now we're not going to go out and get somebody else because we went out and got that guy. Like there's a short list on how much they'll really go out and, and make moves. So if they're going to make three or four moves, like let it be a guy that has two or three years of team control, then you can flip him for yeah. prospects or, or something like that. At least get something other than half a year out of him. But if they're going to do something, I'd rather them – you know, do, do that, then not, then just sit on their heels and be like, Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll sneak into the playoffs. Cause I, I do think they will eventually come down to earth. Like I said, this, this bullpen does concern me in, in some ways, like that Colombo guy is decent, but he throws some curveballs that hang, seem like they hang in the air for 10 seconds before they cross the plate. Like yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like they, they need, they need to add, there's no question at all. I don't care about the record. I don't care if they're, this far, you know, if they're still sitting in second place a couple games out, you can always come back to the earth and you can never have too many arms, like ever. So, 
that's the thing. Like, if you don't go for it and then it doesn't happen, you should have added an arm, you had a chance, and you don't go for it, and then you're another 10 years away because this group over is overachieving right now. And then, or or they're underachieving. And, like, you just don't know because winning is so, it's so hard. And if you don't go for it a little bit year in, year out, and give yourself a chance, then what? Then all of a sudden you're the Boston Red Sox 80 years later, you're the Chicago Cubs 87 years later, or the Cleveland Guardians, whatever they're called this week. It's like they've been looking for a World Series championship. And they got close a number of times back in the 90s and even even in that 2016 series with the Cubs. Like you gotta, I, th- I think you gotta go for it. Yeah, you wanna, you like being a, a prospect hugger is one thing, and then having prospects is one thing. And I wish this was a Brent original. Prospects are cool, but rings are rings are cooler. Right. And so like it's I think you, you got to find a way to, to, to go for it. Uh, like you, you want to have team control and everything else because you have pay, payroll constraints. But man, oh, man, these guys got so much money. I don't think anybody really has payroll constraints. No, it's and, and like you said, you got you got to seize the opportunity. Like next season, the O's could be five games under 500. Like the Phillies could be 10 games. Like, you don't know. You don't know. And you don't know how the like. For the Phillies, for example, I know uh, Aaron Nola wants to get paid, and he hasn't pitched even close to what they expect him to. So he's they're not going to re-sign him in the offseason. Like, and they expected him to be either a 1A or a 1B starter with Wheeler. Like, you, you don't know what these guys – I don't care what they did in the past. Like, Garrett Cole could come out next season and have a 4 ERA. Look at look at Verlander. He's 40 uh, – yeah, he's 40 years old, but he has a 4-2 ERA, and he's never had an ERA over 4 and 8 or eight or nine years or something something like that so like right here right now you have a you have a team that's playing well it, it seems like the team chemistry on on the Orioles is even stronger than the Phillies uh for whatever like I said I watch them both so it's well you get guys that play together in the minors that helps right you get guys that yeah. face some adversity together that helps and, and not guys are just thrown together and said here here you're all really good so you better win it doesn't work yeah and I, and I I think a lot of these guys aren't aren't exactly like Rutschman's on a rookie deal like these that's another thing. Like it's kind of like the NFL, where if your your quarterback's on a rookie deal, you better load up everywhere else because eventually you're going to pay that guy. You, you have to pay this guy. Yes, yeah, so. and they and they all get overpaid. Every single one of them, right? And it's just yep. it, it's the way it is. And and then you don't know what that uh, that big wallet can do can do to their uh, persona and how they're going to start playing because all of a sudden their wallet means a lot more and their endorsements deals mean a lot more than anything else. And so I don't know. I think I think when you get a chance to go for it, you got to go for it because it, it might not happen next year. You know, you never know what might happen in the off season with a guy where he he just might decide. You know what? I don't want to play in Baltimore anymore. I don't want to play in New York anymore. I don't want to do this because these guys always get their way. They basically, they like no matter what sport it is, when they say, I'm, you know, I'm good, I'm going to go over here, they might meet a girl who lives in LA and say, I'm going to go to LA now. And that's just that's just the way things work. These guys are so, uh, it's, it's just different than it was X amount of years ago. I hate to sound like the old guy, get off my lawn guy, but it's uh, it's it's the truth. Anyways, Aaron, uh, what do you got going on at Bruliana Sports? What's happening? <laughs> uh, not enough, that's for sure. I, I, I got to get back on the horse. I say that all the time. I got to get back on the horse, but. Uh, I am going to start trying to do more YouTube work and, and YouTube shorts on, on Phillies and Orioles and stuff like that. And, and just kind of drill baseball as it goes along here. Cause just like you, I, I enjoy the game, you know, more than any other sport. So um, yeah, it, it's obviously that's the only sport on right now too. I, you know, basketball finished up and I could really care less about that either, but, and, and uh, the, the NHL finals wasn't the two teams I wanted it to be at, you know, by any stretch. So, yeah, just going to try and, you know, talk more baseball, get some more people on here. And, you know, if anybody wants to come on the show, just just shoot me a DM at Brilliant Sports without the T. 
on Twitter and, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk and, and go back and forth on whatever team. I don't care. We'll, we can talk about whatever. Yeah. You talk about the, the hockey, the, the NHL playoffs and the, the Stanley cup, the Stanley cup finals were a bit of a dud done in five games and Vegas wins. I read, the, I read this morning that the, uh, the ratings were really, really low. And it's uh, not a surprise to me because uh, up here in Canada, there wasn't meant like, unless you actually, fell into it nobody was really watching like it was just two teams that, that, that don't have a lot of buzz yes vegas has a, a, a they're only six years old and everything else but it, it didn't create a lot of buzz for the uh, traditional hockey markets and i'm not saying that canada um is the only traditional hockey markets but across chicago and new york and everywhere else philadelphia like the the the, the northern where, where they get snow it, like those states didn't really didn't really pay attention to the uh, the stanley cup finals no, and, and obviously, like, Vegas being a, a newer team in the league, like, it's not going to have that that crazy draw. Like, maybe – I mean, maybe Seattle's fan base will start becoming, you know, that's yeah. a cold-weather climate and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, having having the Panthers in the finals, like, I mean, does, does anybody in Florida really care? I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that building gets really – electric at any point either so no they'll go back to having maybe eight thousand again next year in old sunrise florida because uh i tell you what the last place i'd want to be in on a on a saturday afternoon is on in a hockey rink if i lived in florida but that's that's just me anyways aaron thanks very very much for doing this we'll uh we'll have to do it again sometime soon we'll get maybe we'll get dave on here and we'll have a bs session about god knows what whatever me and dave end up talking about it on a twice a week basis it's uh it's always an adventure with old Dave Vander always. Anyways, Aaron, thank you very much for joining us on the show, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yep, thank you. Thanks again for uh, Aaron from Bouillon Sports for joining us here on 1420 in the morning. Talk a little bit of baseball. It's a great time always talk, talking with Aaron. Uh, another Belly Up uh, Sports uh, Network podcast, Belly Up Media. Go to bellyupsports.com and listen to all the uh, great podcasts and read some great articles at Belly Up Sports. And now a word from our sponsor at Caldera Labs and calderalabs.com. Uh, summer is right around the corner and as the sun shines brighter your skin deserves the utmost attention fortunately our friends at Caldera Lab are here to ensure your skin is well prepared for the season ahead ever since I incorporated Caldera Lab into my to my routine taking care of my skin has never been simpler their products are clinically proven and visibly help reduce wrinkles fine lines and signs of aging gain confidence and an impeccable first impression this summer don't miss out on joining the skincare revolution by joining countless men use use code 1420 lab at calderalab.com slash 1420 to enjoy an exclusive 20 percent offer on their five finest products caldera lab creates high performance men's skincare products and the regimen leads off their product lineup a twice day routine to transfer transform your skin inside the bundle you find the clean slate the base layer and the good caldera lab is made with top tier ingredients that make your uh, skin look better every day help reduce your wrinkles fine lines and signs of aging enjoy uh, avoid being the joke the butt of everyone's joke and take a leap to skincare royalty with caldera lab get 20 percent off and uh, at caldera lab by using promo code 142 lab uh 1420 lab each and every day and gets yourself something but to make that skin looking great i use it every day it's transformed my skin everybody tells me uh, a lot of people have been telling me how great my skin actually looks deanne raves about it all the time so it's a uh, very important to take care of your skin especially when you get a little bit older we uh, tend to think it's just you're gonna look great all the time but it, uh, it's not the way it works anymore kids and as we're out in the sun a little bit more you need to take care of that a little bit more so you have to go out there and make sure you uh, go to caldera labs and use promo code 1420 lab at calderalab.com uh next up birthdays and on this day uh on this day in 
Well, this was a bad one in Canadian, Canadian sports history. On this day in 2011, the Boston Bruins defeated the Vancouver Canucks 4-0 in Game 7 to win the Stanley Cup and end their 39-year drought. Uh, Tim Thomas was awarded the Consmite Trophy as playoff MVP. But the thing people will remember the most about the riots that took place uh, post-game on the streets of Vancouver. Uh, cars were set on fire, looting, property damage, fighting in the streets. Police cars were flipped, flipped over. Pets' heads were falling off. It put a real black mark on the... Uh, Canucks fans and the city of Vancouver and that Stanley Cup uh, final, which was a great Stanley Cup final. But on this day in 2011, that all went down in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, something that they really haven't really uh, lived down. It was a good run in Vancouver there for a while there. They had the Olympics and then they had uh, the, that Stanley Cup final that they probably should have, could have, but didn't win. But uh, that was a real black mark on the city of Vancouver and the province. And it's not, it wasn't hockey fans that were doing it. It was a bunch of morons that were going to be going out there doing that regardless of what the outcome of that hockey game was or they were going to be doing it on a Tuesday afternoon in, in May because they're idiots. Idiots tend to be idiots. And that's just kind of the way things work. And a happy birthday Happy 65th birthday to Baseball Hall of Famer Wade Boggs, five times American League batting champion, 12-time All-Star, was born on this day in 1958 in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Boggs, more famously, uh, became famous post-career, known as a chicken man, and drank 107 beer, allegedly, on a cross-country flight while playing for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, that's quite impressive, actually. But anyways, a Hall of Fame career. Boggs, one of the best ever played the game, hit 328 in his 18-year career with stops in Boston, a World Series for the Yankees in 96, and ended his career in Tampa Bay in 2005 and was enshrined in the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, yeah, in 2005. So uh, happy birthday to the chicken man, the beer drinker extraordinaire, Wade Boggs, one of the all-time greats to ever uh, to ever hit. He was a great player all around, great, great Red Sox player, great Yankee player, and then too bad he had to go to Tampa to finish it off. I think he actually had something in his contract. I could be uh, different, uh, wrong on this, but I think he finished his career with Tampa, but then he had to enter the Hall of Fame it was in his contract as the first Tampa Bay Ray to go to the Hall of Fame. So I think he's wearing a Tampa hat at his Hall of Fame induction thing. Anyways, uh, thanks very much once again to Aaron for joining us here at 1420 in the morning. It was a great conversation. Always great to, to listen to Aaron. Make sure you guys go to Brutally Honest Sports and, and have a listen to his show. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's a fighter. He's a, he's a grinder out there. So make sure he's uh, very knowledgeable when it comes to the sport of baseball. And he's always a, a good interview to have on the show. And we've, he's been on here two or three times. I've been on his show a couple of times as well. So we, uh, we'll make sure we plug him. Make sure you go to our YouTube channel, subscribe to that today. And uh, as always, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. We with Dave tonight. Uh, but anyways, have a good day, folks. We'll talk to you again tonight. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's get into it.